From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict episode 555. Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad. Hello, Mike Hurley. How are you today? I'm good. I'm feeling five. Five, five, five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> feeling pretty five today. Yeah, I feel like there should be a joke there, but there's not. There was, but it wasn't good. I was mm. trying to say it like fine. Yeah, I, you know? I, I, yeah, I got it. it then it was, was a joke. You got it. Less, it was less than exceptional. I have some follow up uh, on portable <laughs> cartridges. So on the last Boy, episode, do we, do we ever have some follow up on? Portable I know. Cartridges? On the last episode, we were trying to solve the issue of can you fill up an ink cartridge, seal it, put it in a bag. So this was Stefan's question. So Marsha wrote in and said, uh, I bought some of these cartridge stoppers long ago when Great Fountain sold on Etsy. I haven't really traveled with them, but I used them for the rare times I decided to stop using a partially filled cartridge and switch to another color. So this is from the Hamilton Pen Company. It's like a little stopper that goes on the ink cartridge for mm-hmm. Italian, uh, sorry, for international standard um, pens. So that's right. One. It looks like it, you kind of push it in there and it's like gnarled a little bit so you can get some grip and like boop, pull that out. It's made of yeah, brass. Yeah, it's like a little little brass metal stopper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Joseph that, wrote in with some very particular instructions. <laughs> to buy. This was an epic, <laughs> epic entry into my inbox. Yeah, you got an email. I also got a version yeah. sent to the feedback form. Um, it's great. So Joseph said, buy a seven alt. This is... Like seven zeros mm-hmm, is, is mm-hmm. like the, 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 the classification number. Number EPDN. zero 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 zero. So it's a seven or EPDM rubber stopper for use of international or platinum cartridges from a company called widgetco.com. Trim the outside end to prevent accidental removal and the inside end for ink storage. Fill the cartridge with a syringe. Seal the cartridge for later use. Store securely for travel. <laughs> yeah there's a lot of options uh, more options than we thought um because i was thinking like hey could you get some 3d printed thing made well it turns out there's already for the standard international size which is probably the most common cartridge cartridge size at least for the short ones um yeah someone already makes them so we got a bunch of links to that that these was are neat. like rubber stoppers like yeah these, this these, is these feel i don't know to me that's still I believe that Joseph has made it work. This, to me, feels mm-hmm. less safe than the Hamilton thing. I agree, and I'm still not... I'm still, like, 5 out of 10 safety on the Hamilton thing, right? Because, like, as soon yes. as I knock that... As soon as I knock that cartridge around, it's going to, like, unseal a little bit. So, yep. I don't know that there's any <clears throat> pure way to do it. I did get a lot of hot glue gun mentions Yep. Um, that I was like really close to talking about, you know, the wax seals and things like that. Uh, I got several mentions. We'll just use hot glue gun and that will seal it off pretty well. Like I feel like those options, like the, the you know, the wax or the glue type seals are going to be safer, but less functional when it comes time to use them, right? Because you're going to have to peel off whatever's on there and those other, like if you don't do it really cleanly, it might get into your pen or whatever. Where these stoppers, uh, two different stopper types, um, you could just pull off and, and go to town. Uh, also got a shout out for Parafilm. Um, mm-hmm. Just, you know, a little thin thin layer of seal over there. I guess you would have to like 
use a little tiny rubber band or something to to tighten that on there. But like I would wouldn't have a problem with that either. So shockingly amount of uh, options for this. I didn't and a lot, mention a the other stopper. By the way, it's from uh, Great Fountain Italy. It's, it's the a, same as the Hamilton the pens. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So we got a bunch of links that like it was hard. When you would search for this product, it was kind of like the same product coming up in different places under different names, but Mm -hmm. the same kind of little brass stopper idea. So it was good. I'll be honest. I still wouldn't trust it, but same. this is an option. At least someone makes this product. Whether it actually does the thing, I don't know. I would still like to see someone create a product which is more focused around this, like truly like, sealable ink cartridges that are expected to be sealed. Right. 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 Refillable like, and sealable. Yeah. It's not like we're not like coming up with hacks to do this. We're coming up with like a real deal. Or like you know, an aftermarket pro- thing or whatever. Yeah. That's not what I, what I would want personally. Right. And the problem is like I would want platinum seals or sailor seals or yes. pilot seals and every single one of them is different so that's when you get into this whole nightmare that makes it not worth it for anyone to invest in in, in creating like a real solution for this because it's mm-hmm. it's super particular and super finicky yep we got some more feedback on famous signatures as well yeah, I, I have a lot to say about this this is great okay uh this came in from mike Mike says, you discussed the quick, sloppy signatures of Formula One drivers. Enter Richard Petty, the king of NASCAR, and the NASCAR Cup Series all-time wins leader and even 200. His elaborate signature takes five to six seconds to sign and rarely, if ever, turns down an autograph request, even as he approaches 86 years old. Before we talk about this, let me give you some more follow-up from Brian, who said, Listening to the latest episode's discussions about signatures and autographs made me think back to my days working for NASCAR legend Richard Petty. Yes, Yes. the guy we just mentioned. Take a look at his signature and remember that he would sign autographs all day for thousands of people exactly the same way every single time. His philosophy is, if the fan is willing to pay for a ticket, to see a race and stand in line to meet him, he wants the signature to demonstrate his respect for them. His signature is an extension of his brand. Heck to the yes. This is what I'm talking about, Mike. Have you seen his signature? I, I didn't go look at didn't go look at it. Let's let's pull it up right now. Alright, I got it here. An article from Fox Sports. The coolest mm. signature in NASCAR. Yeah. It is a sight to behold, this thing. I would say maybe a little too much, (laughs) but, you know, you do you, Richard Petty. This is exactly what I was talking about last episode. It's not that, hey, I'm going to sign as many autographs for as many people possible. Like, I appreciate that philosophy. But the idea that I'm talking about is the respect for the fan. And even if maybe I can't get all to everybody like Richard Petty uh, has has made the point of doing, I'm still respecting your time and your effort to come see me. And I'm going to put something cool or legible on there. Instead of, Mike, what I put into the show notes, I saved this last week. And my guy, Valtteri Bottas. Oh, my gosh. What a horrible signature like this is what i'm talking about this is the little flippant little 
um, Sharpie squiggle. That is absolutely trash. If you didn't have a picture there, would you know what that said? No. Yeah, it's horrible. It's like it's a Z and a Y, is what it looks like. It's like all right, it's, but okay. So we've got Frederick Vasseur there, previous team principal, and Joe Guan yeah. Yu as well. Do you rate these any differently? No, they're okay. all terrible. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, but Valtteri's is the worst. Right. Uh, Vasseur's is the second worst, and then Joe. I don't even know what's happening there, but it's at least uh, moderately cool looking. Looks like a fishing line. Like he's. I don't know what's happening there. So. Um, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. I mean, they're sitting there signing hundreds, if not thousands of these things. And like, they're just going and like Richard Petty's over here going like, I'm going to make an effort for this fan and do something cool that they will respect. Like I, I just, it drives me crazy. So, um, Further follow-up, which I didn't put in here, which is kind of related to the Baltimore Pen Show later. I had a couple of people come up to me as like, you have to give me the you have to give me the take your time signature at uh, uh, at the Baltimore Pen Show. Ha- I signed and a, did you a pen this? case. No. Okay. No, I was Just like, checking. Yeah. No, for like one person, I took them over to a table so I could sit down and do it right instead of standing there and just going whoosh, in their notebook. Mm-hmm. You know? I like I was like, yeah, this is awesome. Let's go. I'm gonna go sit over here and do this. And then, like, another one, I signed a pin case. Like, I took my time and, like, you know, it may not be, like, exactly legible, but it was at least an effort behind my part because they made the effort to come up and say, hey, would you do this for me? And, like, I just think it's, like, this mutual respect thing. And, you know, I know it's ridiculous to to talk about these these athletes that are signing, like, like literally tens of thousands of autographs a year. It's like, I get it, but it's just, like, it, it bugs me when I see that Valtteri signature and so it's like it's not even worth it I would just rather have a selfie with the mullet and then move on <laughs> move on from there than your little than like something like I could just make like just a little crazy little mark like it's like basically like a check mark mm-hmm. it's like what's the point what's the point so anyway props to uh props to Richard Petty that's hilarious that we got like double um double feedback on that but it's clearly a thing for him and I appreciate that stance very very much well there you go. Yeah. You have something new for me? <laughs> you can't make this stuff up, Mike. Like I like for all the the praise I gave Sailor last week, I am I going to have to like take it immediately back? Like what was I, I getting know. into? What was I getting into? We have this week, <laughs> Mike, this week in Sailor, we have the 1911L pin of the year 2023 Golden Olive. <laughs> and it's like it doesn't stop i guess that was kind of like the point of putting in this in there i was like oh my gosh like we're already we just did like massive releases of all these kinds of pens and like this is a great looking pen right like this is just a cool looking pen but it's just like oh <laughs> it was exactly what i was talking about last week where it's like um you know, they just get to make anything they want. And I guess it's kind of impressive because they must be selling all this stuff for them to keep pumping out the products like this, right? I mean, this is fine. This yeah, is fine. I think it's to great. Me. It's yeah. like, it's, it doesn't feel very olivey. I would have liked them maybe to have some red in there for the little, like, pimento or whatever in the olive which you find it kind of funny but i guess it's probably yeah. not what they're looking for it is called they already golden have a olive, drink series to they be already fair. have a drink series for that so maybe they want some gold in there yeah i mean yeah. It's, it, this is fine it's sparkly yeah. it's demonstrator it's a good green i actually quite like the green yeah. um yeah i don't know 
so I was browsing around and there's there's still some um old pricing uh 1911s out there and pro gears out there but uh the new one like the new price point is 440 which is mm-hmm. I mean it's just a lot for like your standard sailor so it's it's cool looking but it's just uh I don't know. We're just going to have to have like a weekly. We should just have like a default segment in the show now every week for whichever sailor we want to talk about, whatever they release this week. And uh, sometimes it's a lot. <laughs> I mean, isn't that isn't the default sailor segment always been like been a thing for years at this point? Yes. Yes. It's the <laughs> new uh, it's the new field notes. Oh, man. Do you remember that? We, I do. We went, I do. We went hard on that for a long time. We did. I don't even know where they're at as far as like... Um, if we've like missed a release or something like that. I don't think so. I got an email from them, you know, about like, we've got one come in, please resubscribe kind of thing. Gotcha. 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 I think they've got something coming on the way. I expect. I do like talking. I do like talking about the field notes because they do the game. Well, yeah. And they do technical stuff that I, that I like. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're always into like the technical printing details, which that's what we've always appreciated about them anyway. Right. Yep. They do things a little bit different in a, in a very good and positive way. Yep. I know about that. All right, do you want to take a break? Yep, let's do it. This episode is brought to you by our friends over at Squarespace. They are the only one platform for building a brand and website, growing your business online. You can stand out with one of the beautiful websites, engage with your audience, and sell products, services, content that you create. It doesn't matter. Squarespace has got you covered. Talking about that, whether you sell physical or digital goods, it's super easy to get get a store set up with Squarespace. They have all of the tools that you need to start selling your products online. And then once you've got going, they give you all the insights that you're looking for either. If you're wondering where your sales are coming from, how people are finding your website, which channels are most effective for you, Squarespace lets you analyze all of this within their platform. You don't have to do any extra work to enable it. And then you, when you're armed in that data, you can improve your site and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords or most popular products and content. And let's imagine you are building a website as a store. I think it's also super useful to have a blog too so you can write content about your products, explain what's going on, what you're working on, build the story of your brand. Squarespace has powerful blogging tools for you to share your stories, photos, videos, and updates. You'll be able to categorize, share, and schedule your posts to make your content work for you. I love Squarespace. I've used Squarespace for like 15 years. If I ever want to get something online, I just go there because I know I can get it set up. I know it's going to look professional. It's going to be easy for me to manage and maintain on my own so I can just get started on doing the thing that it is I want to do. So go and check it out for yourself today by going to squarespace.com slash penaddict and you can sign up for a free trial with no credit card required. Then when you're ready to launch, use the offer code penaddict. This will save you 10% of your first purchase of a website or domain. That is squarespace.com slash penaddict. And when you sign up, use the offer code penaddict, that's all one word, to get 10% of your first purchase and show your support for the show. Our thanks to Squarespace for their continued support of this show and Relay FM. We got a shout out of the week, Mike. This was something (laughs) that came up out of the blue at the Baltimore Pen Show. I ran into my good friend Joshua Danley of the Pelicans Perch. Mm -hmm. So longtime followers of me know how much I hang on Joshua's every word about Pelican. We reference his blog all the time. I think it's one of the most well-written, well-researched blogs in the stationary uh realm it's uh it's just a true joy 
to read and uh, got to say hi to him uh, this week at the Baltimore Pen Show. So we're going to do a full Baltimore Pen Show recap here later in this episode. But I wanted to give a, a shout out to the Pelicans Perch because I just accidentally ran into him there. I'm like, hey, it's Joshua. And uh, the Pelicans Perch is one of my personal favorite blogs and y'all should go read it as well. All right, Mike. What are we you looking ready? at here, Brad? What is this? We're we're getting ready to brawl. This is going to be great. I'm so All excited right. about this. So, it is bracket season in the U.S., Mike. March Madness, <laughs> it, right? March Madness. March Madness, the great uh, college basketball tournament here in the U.S. I know absolutely nothing about, like, literally anything going on with that. But anytime it's bracket time... Um, you know, then in the tournaments coming up, all companies like to go and, you know, do different brackets of different things. And I, I love them. I love all these little breakdowns. So Lamy has decided that, hey, we're going to have our own bracket break breakdown. And would you guess that I have a lot to say about this, Mike? Like, well, I mean, I, they've done it in probably the worst possible way <laughs> it ever could be done. And the seating <laughs> is so bad. Well, okay, so what makes you say that? Because literally my first comment is, this is not how you do seeding. <laughs> yeah, the seeding is horrific. So first round, these are first, I'm going to give you two first rounds, right, that they have yeah, chosen. first round matchups. The Lamy 2000 versus the Dialogue. Mm-hmm. Why would you seed those two together? <laughs> I don't know. Right? They should be on opposite sides. Yep. But the worst, round one, all-Star versus Safari. Why would you do that round one? Like That should be the final. You should seed that so you hopefully get that as the final. That it's is madness. Why would you give that away immediately? I've tried to sort out why they seeded it this <laughs> why way. Why would you do it? Why and I can't. I can't. My only those thought the- is that they actually don't want to do this. Yeah. You know? they, they completely broke it from the jump. Um, and I don't, <laughs> I, I can't figure out, I'm trying to give them an excuse here to say, oh, we did it this way. Like there's a full fountain pen bracket or there's a full ballpoint bracket. There's not even that, like it's not even broken down that way. It's just completely. Okay. So why would, said, and this might be, are they seeding by price? I mean, it doesn't make any sense, but like, is that what they're doing here? Like, are they, are they putting pens against each other that are similar in price? I think as so, I, right? As I look at it, it looks kind of dialed in that way. Which, which is, is just madness. <laughs> because what I mean, like what you're saying is like the only differentiator between your products is their price. <laughs> like right. that's not how it works. Oh right. my god. <laughs> Why? Why would you do it this way? <laughs> I'm glad you had the I'm glad you saw exactly what I'm this seeing here. I figured you would. I, I opened it and looked at it but didn't look at it in detail. Until right. now, right? Mm-hmm. So I just, I don't, why? Why would you do this? This is such a fun idea. Why would you do it? Uh. <laughs> right. You at, at a minimum, you have to have a clear four seed. So there's 16 pins in the bracket, right? So you, you have to have a clear top one, two, three, and four seed, which to me is the, the Safari, the All-Star, the 2000, and then, then you could pick one of like several different ones here. i think the dialogue um, would get, would have like a, a very rabid fan base like the yeah. people that love that pen that's their retractable pen like the people that love that pen probably love that pen also right. 
So if the why? 2000 is one, you don't put the dialogue in the same bracket. Somebody explain to me why they chose the 2000 rollable as the. Option. Is that in the picture? Oh, yes. I didn't see that. I zoomed We're gonna... in, oh, and it no. is not the 2000 fountain pen. Okay, that's a problem. Well, we're gonna <laughs> we're counting this as a fountain pen because that's yeah, just yeah. I mean, like they're, they're counting literally their lines. They're counting their product yeah. lines. You know. Yeah. So, like, could they have done like a rollerball bracket, a ballpoint bracket, a pencil bracket, and a fountain pen bracket? They probably have enough products to do all that. So I don't know. It's a mess. So the seating's a mess. But we're gonna go with what they have, minus the two thousand thing. We're counting that as a fountain pen because that's just dumb. Because that means spoiler alert. That's got to be the winner, right? Um. So let's let's break this down uh, real quick. So the first the first match is the Lamy CP1 uh, ballpoint versus the Lamy Scala. Um, I, I I I did the whole bracket on on a sheet over here, okay. Mike. <laughs> so that this one the CP1 wins uh, pretty easily. The CP1 is a very underrated pin, and the Scala is one of the worst designed uh, Lamy pins. The cap design for that is just so overweight; it makes the balance of every Scala product just completely out of the line. So the CP1 is just a really, really neat, clean design. So that one moves on from the first match. Mm-hmm. Um, on that same bracket, it's the Lamy Ion. Again, the rollerball, not the fountain pen Ion versus the Lamy Accent. And I'm going to take the Accent on this one because of its retractable nature. If we're doing a rollerball or a ballpoint, um, I want the retractable uh, version. So we have the CP1 and the accent moving on okay. from the first round there. Then we'll go into the Lamy 2000 versus the dialogue. I mean, I, I didn't see that it was a Lamy 2000 rollerball, so I, I don't, think... I don't think it matters. I'm just, yeah, so it's it's the Lamy 2000 over the dialogue. I, I genuinely think the way they, they structured this, it's like, it's the whole line, right? Like, yeah. It's yeah. just the line. It's similar to yeah. be like, you I get agree. the AL star in a, and I think the Safari in a rollerball, right? Yeah, so like there's no Safari ballpoint in here, which is one of the great Lamy pins yeah. designs, I think. Ballpoint so like that's not in here. Yeah. So you get yeah. some of that. So I get you. We can just think of it as the entire product line. I would still choose the um, the previous one, the accent over the ion. Okay. Um, next one is the Logo M Plus, which is a ballpoint versus the Zevo. The Zevo is their newest ballpoint, which I really like. But I think the Logo is more classic Lamy. They do it in more fun colors. Um, the Zevo is just very new. So we have the Lamy logo moving on on that side of the bracket. Um, on the opposite side, we have the Lamy Noto versus the Lamy Pico. Um, the the Pico definitely wins in this battle. It's one of the it's one of the more unique designs yeah. that they have, and mm-hmm. just a technical marvel type yeah. of a product. Yeah. Um, on that in that group, we have the Lamy Nex versus the Lamy Joy. Um, I think it's the Lamy Joy. Um, I just raved about it. I last knew you week. were going to say Joy because of like you were yeah. going off on one about the Joy last week. You were very excited. Yeah, about it. and the next isn't bad, but it just doesn't rate versus All Stars, Safaris, all of that whole range. It's like towards the bottom. I would have um, put. I, I would take the like, Ion over the next. If I was seeding this as it should have been incorrectly, I would have put the Pico versus the Joy. Right, and that's that's like a difficult like yeah, design difficult. decision. And also because it's like they're both like kind of kooky, like mm-hmm. weird exactly. pens with exactly. like they're going to have like big fans, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, here's this one might actually be the weirdest one. So in the next uh, in the bottom bracket, we have the Lamy Studio and we're going fountain pen versus the Lamy LX fountain pen. This is like, legit good seating. These two, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I think this is a good matchup. It is. 
But I, my argument is that the LX is no different from the All-Star and therefore shouldn't be included. I agree with you. I think they ran out of Pence. <laughs> I think is what happened here. Because the LX is just an AL-Star with no window. That's all it right, is. Right, right, right. <laughs> so like, maybe this is an easy, easy moving on from the studio here. Like the studio moves on here. And then, Mike, we have to put up the All-Star versus the Safari in the first round, which is just stupid. So, so stupid. I'm go- I mean, I'm going to pick the Safari because that's who I am. But, like, I mean, you can make an argument. Like, either one of these, these should be... The All-Star and the Safari need to be in the final four on the opposite sides of the bracket. for me, right? the, all- the All-Star... <laughs> would have gone to the final unless it hit the 2000 for me. Right. 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 Like, that's exactly right. It would so have been anything else on this. So that's what's so correct. wild about it. It's probably like the third or fourth best pin in this whole bracket. Yeah. So. All right. So um, we're going on to the next okay. round. Next round. So that puts the CP1 versus the accent and i have the cp1 getting through i think it's a really underrated design and the accent is really kind of a basic design they do a few different things with like the grip section like they'll do a wooden grip section there but i just think the cp1 is one of the cooler lamy models um on the bottom part of that bracket we have the 2000 versus the logo m plus and that's not even a competition right it's mm-hmm. the lamy 2000 every time so that side of the brackets final final is going to be the cp1 versus the 2000 we'll get back to that in a second so on the other side it is the lamy pico versus the lamy joy so there you got your matchup that you were talking about from the first yep. round i'm going with the pico yeah i, I think that. it's i think it's that unique of a product again it's kind of like in the cp1 category what stands out amongst these products it's also more the, widely usable yeah yeah and I, I just think the pico is is that cool of a product <clears throat> so then in the bottom part of the bracket we have the lamy studio versus the lamy safari which like that's pretty tough like the the studio is a great pen but i'm still going to pick the safari here right so our final four is the lamy cp1 the lamy 2000 the pico and the safari so I think that's a pretty decent final four. So the CP1 the, versus This final the, four is good, mm-hmm. but we should have mm-hmm. the AL star instead of the CP1. Yes. This is how it should be going into this, right? Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like, although I still think the dialogue maybe should be like yeah. against the Pico, right? Like I would have put the dialogue and the Pico to the opportunity that they could fight each other. Yes. You know? Mm-hmm. Because yep. again, exactly. there's better seating available. Yeah, yeah. So the CP1 versus the 2000 on that side of the bracket, and then the Pico versus the Safari on the opposite side of the bracket. So the the 2000 will take down the CP1 for sure. Yeah, easy. Um, that's easy. But like the 2000 really didn't have any competition except in its first round matchup against mm-hmm. the Dialogue. That was the only competition the 2000 had on that entire side of the bracket, right? There was no consideration. Like it's going to trounce everything. On that side of the bracket the other side of the bracket we now have the pico versus the safari and i'm still going safari here but this is closer than you think right mm-hmm. i think the pico is is a product line that a lot of people love that may not use fountain pens and again it's just such a unique product that like i think that would be like a pretty close matchup pico versus safari here um so that gives us a pretty clear final matchup is the Lamy 2000 versus the Lamy Safari 
and I've already alluded to it as much as I love the Safari, the Lamy 2000 should win, um, I would think. That, that matchup. That's but, what I would do. I, mm-hmm. I think for me, no matter how you, good or bad, you do this bracket, mm-hmm. for me, the 2000 is going to win it. Right. Right? Like, so I think we're similar in that. Like, that's how it comes out. But mm-hmm. that's not how it should go. <laughs> it should get to the point where the AL Star and the Safari are in the final, which I think is probably mm-hmm. what would happen if you did it the way they they're doing it with a public vote, but like put it yeah. up to the point where it could do that. But I am agreeing with you that if I was running the bracket, I would also have the two thousands as the winner. It's mm-hmm. the best pen they make. Like yeah. it is. If you yeah, get a yeah, good yeah. one. <laughs> definitely definitely so this was fun like i again i would reseed the whole thing um and i would actually swap out in and out a couple of products but i think you're still going to end up with a ballpark the same results the all-star just got done wrong for me or in in other if you were an all-star fan the safari would have gotten done wrong and in the, the first matchup the dialogue yeah. the dialogue got the, 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 and dialogue the dialogue got done wrong got the worst treatment here because yeah the AL Star and Safari are probably always going to go against each other. So at least, at least what they did here was guarantee that, mm-hmm. right? Like because yeah. if you did, if, you know, if it's me and you, right, and you did put them on opposite sides of the bracket, and me and you were doing it, the AL Star and Safari are not going to fight against each other. So at least by doing it this way, you'd guarantee that. I would say if you really wanted to do that, you should have just put them on the same side of the bracket, but right in different buckets or whatever. So you get it in either the the second or third round although i reckon you could right. have done it third round so they're doing um the way they're doing these brackets so now lami uh the lami pens instagram is doing it's i don't know how they're gonna really track this because they're just doing it by comment voting so like they have the image up cp1 versus the scala so it's like okay comment to to win and um and you know, I, it's hard to tell like which is going to win. Like having to manually do all that. Like I think, can't you do that in like stories or something? Have yeah. like little votes or things. But maybe that's not a long enough time for that. So all of this is is very um, reminiscent for me. Like why I have so many like feelings about the seating mm-hmm. early on in the pandemic. <laughs> Stephen, you know, like people were just doing things, you know, like because mm-hmm. we all just had more time and just you wanted things to do. So Stephen created a bracket called Mac Madness. Mm-hmm. And it was the same idea, right? And it was just like weeks. It, he had a huge bracket. It was massive. So there were 40, uh, 32 uh, entrants in the bracket, right? So mm-hmm. there were... Uh, four rounds, round one, round two, five rounds, I guess. Round one, round two, semifinals, finals, uh, quarterfinals, semifinals, final, right? But he seeded them, like, randomly. Uh Uh-huh. And people were so mad (laughs) for, like, six weeks he was dealing with this. (laughs) And it was really fun to go through it, right? Like, it was, like, a lot of fun to experience it. But his seeding was really bad. And, like... It was like a a regret that he had like after week one, but you're committed. Yeah. So he just carried on going. And it was a really fun project to go through, but I think he's never done it again because <laughs> it was just so controversial. It was really funny. Yeah, I just, but like you at least 
did that on purpose. You had a rule. Okay, randomize seating go, and you could at least say, "Hey, this yeah, is how the there randomizer any, spit it out." Like that was just how he did it. He just randomized randomized right. it. But like right where Lamy, there like there's no way like this was random and it could have been done better. Where yeah, Stephen where in, in retrospect is like, "Well, random doesn't really work for this. We should we should." I think what would have worked for Stephen, which I actually think works good in a lot of these, is randomize then mm-hmm. do some manual seating because like yeah. I don't think you need to manually like in some of you know manual seed all of it like that doesn't make sense but just make just like move some stuff around so it looks like you're gonna have some potentially interesting matchups right because some right. some good max got knocked out so fast because mm-hmm. of who they were up against exactly yeah, exactly fun. so it's great conversation it's yep. fun I like the Lamy bracket breakdown um I don't know what products I would do for like a I'd have to. I need to do like a bracket breakdown one of these days. I keep mm-hmm. keep trying to figure it out, but um, but also I, I, Lamy, next time, call you mm-hmm. boys. You know <laughs> Hire what me, I mean? Lamy. Hire we could have fixed this so fast, like yeah, ten minutes, yeah. and we would have given you a better bracket because you've yep. now got to own this bracket for like a month. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> things happen, Mike. Things happened in Baltimore this weekend, Mike. Oh, I was so jealous. Oh, um, God, I was dying. I was so jealous of you. <laughs> and I don't even, don't even talk to me about the pen you bought. I don't want to hear it. All right. You keep it to yourself. <laughs> okay. Okay. We can do that. So we, we ready to dig into this a little bit? <laughs> yeah. Go on then. Yeah. I actually, I kind of have a lot to say, but not a lot to say in a, okay. in a weird way. Like, it was great. Right. It was it met expectations, um, certainly could have exceeded expectations. It was fun and smooth and easy. Right. It was, um, you know, when you're not working the show, you don't necessarily have to worry about, hey, did the promoter put my table in the right place or what is my location or are my neighbors going to be annoying all weekend? <laughs> Things like that. So like all of that's eliminated by just attending the show. Right. So there's less that can go wrong from my personal perspective. Um, so I just go with the intent on hanging out, doing some shopping, you know, and and just talking to people and having fun. So when you're coming at it from that aspect, like it should be a good show, right? And and Baltimore delivered on that front. I want to start out um, by just saying how like cool the hotel layout is for this which i led this off in refill when i did the um like the quick recap and photo dump for Panatic members uh, when i was traveling home just talking about how nice it is to have a show hotel that has space for you to chill in right outside the show floor it doesn't necessarily have to be the bar or restaurant area but in this case it was the bar area but this hotel was sprawling for seating and tables and chairs and couches all over the place. You were never without a place to just go hang out with your friends or hang out by yourself and just chill or talk about pens or grab a table and spread your stuff out all over the top of it. It was like such... I. I don't want to say this is overlooked by a lot of pin shows, but cer- certainly as a show promoter, it's not at the top of the list when they're thinking about, you know, hey, I'm going to have a pin show at this hotel. The top of the list is, hey, what room space can I get for vendors and how will the table layout be? And is there a bar or is there a restaurant? Yes, but not necessarily how 
those areas lay out for you know people who are spending the night or taking in multiple days of the show and staying at the hotel and this one does this one um actually just kind of worked out um in that reason like i i hope that's like a consideration for uh shows and like especially if a new show's coming online the the hangout and social spaces of the show outside of the vendor spaces of the show and and baltimore um actually does that pretty well at this hotel so the show space i also like because it is one singular large room right so just it's your typical hotel ballroom where you would just walk in from the outside of the the exterior of the ballroom and there's a hallway and kind of an l-shaped hallway where there's vendor tables out there and then you go into the main entrance and it's a main room it's great so it's one big room plus a hallway vendors. No one is kind of lost in the shuffle. There's not, oh, don't forget this room down here around the corner with, you know, another 15 or 20 vendors in there. You know, there's no one kind of off to the side that's not getting the foot traffic. It just kind of flows correctly for the most part. So that's just like the general layout and facility idea of the show the rest of the show just the things and the people was all top notch like it was great to just go and see everyone again um it had only been i don't know what six months since i was in orlando something like that so it hadn't been that long seven months but it felt it always feels like forever when it's the first pin show of the year it feels like okay i haven't done this for a while when it's really probably only been six or seven months um so it was really just a good hangout like friday Mm -hmm. i landed you know, mid afternoon, I was at the show by two thirty or so show hotel. Um, you know, saw some friends hung out in the hotel lobby. My room wasn't ready. So I had my luggage with me and just kind of sat and chilled, got to hang out with friends that I either haven't met in person or have only talked to online, which is really cool. Um, you know, always to, to finally meet the people in person that you've talked with, like for sometimes, some cases years online, right? That's always a highlight. And then I went into the show floor, not really planning on doing anything, but I knew I kind of wanted to track down one pin, which shall not be named, um, just to see if it was for me. Turns out it was. We'll talk about it. We'll we'll talk about it in a minute. We'll talk about it in a minute. Um, So like Friday, the show went till six o'clock. So I knew I only had just kind of a, I wasn't trying to accomplish anything Friday necessarily, right? I was saving like all of that for Saturday. So that worked out well. Like I was able to walk around, see everybody, you know, say, say, hey, to, to all kinds of vendors, all kinds of friends, you know, and not take it to like you know, Hey, let's get down to business and do, do pin show stuff. It was just kind of, let's see how it goes. So, um, that's where I made my one purchase for myself, which was the, the Edison pin. You don't want me to talk about, um, full name, full name of this pin, Mike. Um, it's the limited edition Beaumont Baltimore, 2023 Palomino Waltz at sunset. Um, (laughs) so that is the full name of the pin. Um, I'm gonna have to shorten that somehow. Um, but yeah, it's a really cool Edison Beaumont. Like we talked about it. I showed, I talked about it in the preview that I wanted to see this in person, see if it was for me. And, um, because I knew I liked the Beaumont shape for me, it's a smaller design. I knew I liked this material from seeing images, images of it online before the show. And then I went to get to check it out in person. And I was like, sure. Like if I'm going to, I didn't really have a shopping list for me personally. Right. So I take things, I do kind of split things up when I go to pin shows, right? What is going into 
Brad's personal pin collection versus what is what am I buying for review or giveaway. So this was the only pin I bought for myself. Um, so that, that was kind of my Friday, right? We just hung out in the hotel that night, ate dinner at the hotel, hung out at the bar. Um, really great bar set up there. So it was just a good social event night. Yeah. Um, they had pin shows after dark, so a lot of people were hanging around the hotel. Like it was literally like I I still want someone to confirm this to me, but like compared to like the Atlanta show, which you've been to, um, where like the evening, the after hours evening in the bar for a little while, it's, you know, 30, 40, 50 people. There had to be just like a hundred people plus mingling in the bar. Like that's how much space there was. That's how much it allowed for, right? It allowed, People felt comfortable going around and hanging out because there was always room, always yep. seating. Yep. Um, the staff was nice. The service was great. Like, hey, shocker. That's pretty cool, right? <laughs> so, um. So yeah, that was kind of Friday. That was kind of my, hey, get in town and chill out yep. day. Saturday um, moved into like, okay, let's do the pin show thing from open to close, which was 10, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. So that's pretty much what I did on Saturday. I went in, checked out all the tables, checked out all the products, talked with the makers, right? Like right when you walk in you could see ian shown so i talked with ian for a while i tested out the monarch nibs i tested out various varieties of the monarch nibs talked mm-hmm. to him about what's coming right do doing brad business things like figuring out like hey business what's coming brand. up soon yeah what are you making now what's coming soon how things are going and then on to the next one and on to the next one so that's kind of what saturday's like for me so you know talk to ian um one of the cool parts of the show was the platinum distributors were there so that's luxury brands usa and i got a sneak peek at some upcoming products um i'm not supposed to talk about them but platinum japan sent out an email today announcing the new curios is coming excuse Um, me (laughs) <laughs> so i had the new curious in hand um it was it was uh i feel okay mentioning it now that platinum uh let themselves let the bag out but i told luxury brands like yeah i won't talk about it it's fine uh even though they were using the uh the new curious at the show publicly um i said i wouldn't talk about it but now that platinum has let the cat out of the bag i'm gonna talk about them the new curious is coming mike do you have any opinions as it changed? Are you allowed to say anything about it? Uh, I'm since they announced it. I mean, I'll kind of say like I'll kind of confirm what Platinum's little email said. It was a really short, weird email, no okay. images or anything like that. But it's going to instead of like the translucent barrels, it's going to be like this. Um, it's kind of like a matte satiny finish, but it's kind of that that rubber coating. I don't know how to describe that, but All you right. know when you coat a barrel with like that really thin type of rubber but it feels kind of like matte or satiny Mm -hmm. so these are going to be solid more solid colors and then black trims on there and i think they made i'll need to confirm it with the old version um i think they made one good design tweak for comfort of holding um uh, in the barrel so i think it's going to be good it's just going to be it's just it's the exact same kind of shape and size, right? It's a very large pin. And with the solid barrels, the visuals are very different. Um, you know, if you think like a, a solid Lamy Safari versus like the clear Lamy All-Star, like what things stand out uh, on those. So you'll, get, you'll see the clip more and the knock more like 
stand out in the design, but I think they're going to do well. What's um, changed about they, use the physical comfort part? I think, and I'll, I'll need to confirm this with the old version, but I think the fin on the back has been pushed lower, like out of the grip area. Like okay. before I would hit it with my finger and yeah, it was, it was kind of uncomfortable or awkward. Yeah. And I think it has been adjusted lower okay more towards the tip to where it, I, I felt at least like in the minute or two that I got to play with it, did you, I felt like I had more clearance. Did you get to talk to them at all about like what obvious changes they've had to make to fix the pen? Like from a not too engineering much. level? Cause not obviously they've had to. And considering how long it's taken them to release more, you would mm-hmm. assume they've done something. Right? I think it's just the externals and maybe moving that fin down. I think the internals are identical, but I didn't get too much time to break it down much further than that. It's the cracking, right? It's like cause it Well, that was a feed. That was a feed thing that they ended up fixing like with the first version of the Curidos after the first batch. It was just like a pressure of the nib cracking the feed type of situation that they eventually got grips on um in the last version. So I don't, I don't anticipate that's going to be uh, an issue this this time at all so yeah i think it was more last time it was just more of a comfort issue right i think yeah. pe- the like the things were in the wrong spots for most people well that was it's my still... issue but they did mm-hmm. have the cracking problem right i think that was the yes definitely for feed yeah yeah so um yeah i mean it looks cool like mm-hmm. i wonder you know obviously want to get it in hand and give it a good give it a good workout and give it a good test and see like, okay, what did drastically change? Oh, I don't, I, I should, I should rewind that. I don't think anything drastically changed. It's a big pen still, right? There's no like slimline version two. It is a big chonky pen that if you like the first Curidos, you'll like this one. I don't know that this is going to get like new Curidos customers, right? Necessarily. Um, it's if you like the one before, I think this is probably going to be a better version of it. Will it get new customers? I don't know. We'll see. Um, I also, I didn't get to test out there. They also uh, distribute Endless, um, which is going to be that Endless Creator pin. And they did did not have one there for me to to try out, but they got to test that uh, themselves when they were on a recent trip. Um, so they're looking forward to get that in. All of these are going to be coming in. Uh, let's see. The Platinum... Is not until May, and then hopefully the creator from Endless is going to be end of this month, early next month. Um, it sounds like, as a Platinum fan and any other Platinum fans out there, there's going to be a lot of movement from Platinum Platinum over the next year, like in like a creativity uh, type of way. Like they're going to be releasing a lot of products, so I look forward to that. I don't I don't have any details other than that, other than they were saying that in just the general platinum releases are going to be uh, plentiful. So um, I look forward to that. Um, so from like your bigger distributors, like Pilot was there. Pilot goes to most of the US pen shows, just like Luxury Brands does. Um, Pilot just makes such a great pen. <laughs> like when I compare it to like a lot of the other brands around, like Pilots are so good. Like, And that's confirmed to me every time I see all the, all the Pilot stuff. They have every price point covered at you know the pilot distributor table from like mm-hmm. the entry level kakunos and metropolitans all the way all the way up to like the you know the 10 plus thousand dollar namikis right and you just look at that stuff and it's just like that's such a good company they do such a good job so so interesting and it's a little bit different from platinum in that aspect and like i think platinum is there too 
but it, the scope of what pilot does is just kind of mind blowing. Like they have all 15 of their, their size 15 nibs out there for you to test, right? Like, it's just really cool to see. And like, you can get, go to the platinum tester too, but it's like five nibs, like nothing wrong with that. But it's like, it just goes to show you that what pilot is doing is, is really cool. Um, a lot of makers at the show, um, some new, new to me maker brands out there. That's ended up what I was buying the most for review and giveaway. Like I bought a pen from Hardy Pen Rights and I bought a River City Penco pen from Lucky, uh, Lucky Star Pens and I bought a Shown Design pen, you know, all for like review and giveaway stuff. I didn't come away with any mainline pens i didn't come away with a pilot or a platinum or a leonardo or even a lamy or anything like that it was really kind of maker focused for me and that was not the intent going in there was no intent going in that's just what happened right mm. and once i saw all of the things like i'm super interested in the new leonardos but you know they're pretty close to the previous ones so let me try a new maker, uh, a maker pen that I haven't used before, right? Like a Hardy Penwrights pen, you know, things like that. So that was kind of, uh, kind of my idea there. Um, you know, I got to hang out with our buddy Jonathan Brooks. Always a treat yep. to hang out with Jonathan. Uh, sat with him on and off for about an hour on Sunday. You know, whenever I just chill, go hang out with him. I always love watching uh, his customers come to the table and just look at all the stuff. It's so, it's so much fun. Um, Tasha as a brand is doing so much stuff. I don't know that I'm, maybe I'll own like a higher end Tasha before we've reviewed some of the more entry level Tasha pens, which are like in the hundred dollar, a little over a hundred dollar range, but they do some medium to high end stuff that they are very tied in with like sailor nibs now. Right. So they're basically getting Tasha branded sailor nibs. So they have you know, the medium size pens will have like the Sailor 14K and 21K nibs that are used in the Pro Gears and the 1911s. Then they have the larger Tasha pens are using Sailor King of Pen nibs with like the Tasha branding on there. It's pretty wild. I, I the scope of what they're doing is kind of mind blowing and it's it's a lot of expensive stuff. Um I love what Esterbrook is doing as a whole. Okay. Um, obviously good friends of mine over there at Kenrow Industries, the the makers of Esterbrook, but they just keep coming out with new fun colors, great accessories. They're doing a, a really nice job. I loved checking out their new pens, seeing what they had. I didn't really come away with any paper or ink, you know, from from the show, which I guess maybe was a little bit travel restricted for me. Like I didn't want to yeah. overload my suitcase <laughs> with with all of that stuff, which is fine. But there was nothing like super compelling that I had to have either, right, from a paper or ink perspective. Um, the Wearing Ole inks were very popular at the show. Everyone really enjoys what Wearing Ole is doing. Uh, Sailor inks, of course, obviously do super, super well um, at shows. So those were good. And then Colorverse um, was doing well at the show uh as well um one random find uh sugar turtle studio want to give them a special shout out they were just like a stickers pens coffee mugs bag shirts kind of swag you know type of thing and the stuff is so cool so big shout out to sugar turtle studio i bought some coffee mugs from them and some stickers and some buttons 
just well, like, you know, the fun pin show meme type stuff, you know, um, it was really, really neat, really fun to see. And I think they did a pretty good, pretty brisk, brisk business on there. It's like a really quality kind of fits that pin nerd aesthetic that we all like. Um, so I was, I was super, uh, that was super enjoyable. And that, that was kind of, that was kind of it for my show. Like I did it big on Saturday and then, you know, like went out to dinner with some friends that night, hung out at the bar a little bit more. Um, and then, uh, yeah, got on, got on a plane Sunday morning and, and headed home. I think like in general, it went, my expectations went pretty well for what I was looking to do. I was a little bit nervous getting there on Friday late. Like, am I going to have enough time for everything? Am I going to have enough time for everything? And it's like, yeah, I guess what? I had plenty of time for everything, right? It's It wasn't too overwhelming. It, Baltimore's a good mid-sized pin show, maybe slightly on the larger side. The crowds were good all weekend that I was there. You know, like Saturday stayed busy the majority of the day. Um, and Friday was busy. Um, and, uh, yeah, like it was good. Like I, you know, that's, that's the, that's the review. The Baltimore pin show was good and, uh, I'm super happy. And it was, uh, it was, it was a fun time. You know, always good to be back home and kind of empty the bag, see what I actually came home with. And, uh, I've got some review products, I've got some giveaway stuff. Uh, I got some fun, fun things coming up on the blog, um, uh, from the show and, uh, there's just going to be more, more of it. So I'll be back in Atlanta in like a couple weeks for the yeah. next show. And, uh, yeah, we're just going to go to town. So, uh, had fun in Baltimore. Thank you to everyone who came up, said hi, hung out um and and chatted it was a legitimately great time very jealous of you yes you should be it was uh, like a good time um so to to cap off the jealousy uh oh, our good friend annabelle her mm-hmm. f1 notebook um is a sight to behold like it is a sight to behold so i'll just leave it uh leave it uh with you but leave that with you so mm-hmm. sorry for you i've seen images <laughs> But have you held it? Of course not. Mm-hmm. I would like to. I know. have. I have. Although I'd be there's something like that, something made so beautifully, I'll be scared I'll break it. You know, accidentally <laughs> tear a page out, ruin yep. everything. <laughs> if you would like to send in questions, feedback, follow up for the show, go to penaddictfeedback.com or you can hit the link in your show notes and send us in your questions or your thoughts. If you'd like to find Brad online, you can find him over at penaddict.com he streams three times a week over at twitch.tv slash penaddict and you can find Brad's products at spokedesign.com uh, if you want to find me I host many shows here at Relay FM. go to relay.fm slash shows find a new podcast for your listening pleasure uh, you can find my products products at cortexbrand.com um, and both Brad and I are on Mastodon Brad is at penaddict on mastodon.social and I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E, at mike.social. Thank you so much to Squarespace for their support of this episode and thank you for listening. We'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.